Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. Welcome to the clinic with Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Kronforst. The Retirement Clinic is on WISM Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison. Every week hosted by Jeff and his wonderful staff. Great team, yep. Uh, Jeff, first off, good morning to you. Good morning, Paul. How are you? It, I'm fantastic. It's also great to have Chauncey Weisenthal. <laughs> I didn't screw it up, did I? <laughs> I got it right. Chauncey, it's good to have you here. Nice to see you, Paul. Part of the team, Jeff, market updates done every day on both stations, and Chauncey's one of those voices we Ab- hear. Absolutely. does a great job with that. All our team does. Um, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock news block and 5 o'clock news block on WISN in Milwaukee, and 4.55 on WIBA with uh, uh, Vicki McKenna. Uh, we try to give you one minute. We do give you one minute on what's going on in the market that particular day, whether it's corporate earnings, um, a government report, uh, inflation trends, whatever it happens to be, what's driving the markets up or down that particular day. Uh, we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, tech-heavy NASDAQ, every day, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock news blocks on Mark Belling show on WISN, and 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. This show is now 20 years old. In September, we celebrated your anniversary, Jeff. I don't think the market reports were going on 20 years ago? Oh, yeah, they were going starting since 97. We've been doing the business reports. Since ni- oh, really? 97, yep. Longer than 20 years. Yep. Okay. Uh, but the show being 20 years old, we focus on retirement. That's what you do at the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. A lot going on. Every week we have a sexy segment about wealth management and preservation. We will be joined by Aaron Kowal, your son, Jeff, yep. for the Boss Minute, Business Owner Savings and Security. Uh, but we always start the show with a topic or two. And also along the lines, any retirement question that you have today. We are live in studio. Lines are open. And honestly, we love your calls or texts. It's the same number. It's 799-1130, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Absolutely. Monday through Friday, we, we hear what's going on with our clients, what's affecting their lives. But if there's something that's affecting you, if you're close to already in retirement, have questions about retirement planning, do give us a call. We also have upcoming retirement planning seminars and webinars. Uh, Aaron Spitzner, you... He does this, this show. He does a market reports. Does a great job. We'll be discussing our most common retirement planning questions. Even if you're not quite ready for retirement, this is a great way to get information and help you determine if you're on the right track. Our next webinar will be held on October 27th, and the in-person seminar at our Racine office will be held on October 28th. The events are up on our Facebook page. You can register there, or for more information, visit our website, thekowalway.com, or give our office a call, 262-522-4040. So, That's good um, stuff. Aaron's you know, been on the show, as you said, a lot. And he's a fun presenter, too, so yep. you'll, you'll like that. You know what else Aaron does? He and his wife grow the biggest pumpkins I have ever seen. Well, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> He's, they're really in the they pumpkin. Are he he yes. showed me the pictures. He had them in a front end loader on a tractor. They're massive. Um, and the, by the way, here's just some trivia the biggest pumpkin in the country from Wisconsin. That's impressive. Set the record is in the news this week. Guys sitting on it, it's huge. That's good to know, Paul. I just want, <laughs> I'm full of trivia. 
Things that you... Okay, okay now we can we start, start retirement we start talk. a trivia show, we'll be sure to include you. <laughs> this is a retirement show we're going to talk about. This is a, a, a kind of a difficult subject to talk about, one that was really important. I was going to put it as part of our wealth management and preservation segment, but I thought it was too important to... Well, it's important anytime. But I wanted to start the show with this. Um, a number... And Paul and I and Chauncey were just talking about how you know, some clients have passed away this year, a couple of them from covid um, and you have to make decisions. When you have a spouse, you f you're able to file tax returns. Uh, uh, um, so there are issues in addition to the emotional part of, of a spouse passing away, but also what do you do that year with regard to taxes and other things. Um, and I, I, Ed Slot had this article that I thought was very timely. Roth conversion in the year of death. Um, if, if you die in 2021, is it possible for the spouse and primary beneficiary of the deceased owner to convert some or all of the IRA to a Roth of the deceased before in 12 of 21 prior to the end of the tax year? So you, this is your last chance to file a joint return. Does it make sense to file a joint return and claim a, a, a Roth conversion that year? After they pass away? After they pass away. Um, the surviving spouse, but, and this is the answer, the surviving spouse must either elect ownership of the inherited IRA or transfer a portion of the IRA retitled in primary beneficiary format to her own Roth IRA as a conversion. The IRA would never be in the decedent's estate Unless the surviving spouse disclaimed the IRA, there is no contingent beneficiary named. What does that mean? You can't convert somebody's IRA that's deceased, but you can move it to your IRA then convert that. And again, the key thing is, does it make sense to do it this year as a joint return? Um, and, you know, the question comes up, how much should he or she convert before the end of the year? Does surviving spouse, this, this one particular one was an example that they gave. The surviving spouse is an active, healthy 79-year-old, and the value of her traditional IRA is now a million dollars. This year is her final chance to take advantage of the more favorable married joint tax returns. Um, she has ample money outside. At a minimum, it seems logical for her to at least convert $250,000 to get her to the top of the 24% tax bracket. Last year was 326000 I think it's slightly higher than that this year. Uh, but the big question is, should she convert even more this year? She recognizes that. And the answer is it kind of depends. And you, know, you, you should check with your, your tax consultant with this. But it sounds obvious that a conversion um, before the end of the year should happen because of lower joint filer rates, it's a good idea. But what you have to look out for um, you have to look out for higher uh, Medicare premiums as a result of that and maybe some other taxes that you have to pay. That's where, let me see if I can pull this up quickly. Um, you know, the higher uh, uh, Medicare premiums kick in, and this is really tiny, uh, <laughs> married filing jointly at 176000 and then I also downloaded these uh, the premiums. But there are also, except I'll, I'll give the, uh, the premiums and the amounts and the levels, and then I'll go back and say there are some exceptions, though. So you do a big conversion, you get creamed in taxes that year, okay, but then you're also going to get hit with higher uh, Medicare premiums. Uh, if your joint tax return is 176000 or less, you pay the 148 
now this is again as an individual uh the the hundred forty eight dollar premium goes only up to eighty eight thousand as a joint return it goes up to one hundred seventy six thousand then in the joint return is two hundred twenty two thousand the premium goes to two hundred seven and two hundred seventy six thousand goes to two hundred ninety seven dollars a month that's a medicare premium uh up to two hundred up to three hundred thirty thousand it's three hundred eighty six dollars a month Oh, that's significantly higher. It is significantly from 148, 380 a month. Wow! But again, each of those, the premium would be higher at a lower level on a single return. This is a joint return. You're still filing a joint return. As an example, yeah. at 330 thousand, it kicks in for 386 dollars a month. For an individual return, it kicks in at only 165 thousand. So it's it's almost double to be well, it is double to be 330 thousand. There are appeals. I just want to go through this. And this is kind of technical stuff, but for a lot of our clients, a lot of our listeners who spouse passed away this year, this is important stuff. And it really this is. This is your last year to be able to claim a joint return. How do you make, how do you take advantage of it? Again, it's very emotional. So it's not, you know, you have to be sensitive. We have to be sensitive to that, but also uh, life goes on. Is this a, a, an opportunity to take advantage of something? So it says if your income two years ago was higher because you were working at that time and now your income is significantly lower because you retired, or if you have a, a life-changing event that makes you eligible for appeal. Now, again, so instead of paying a regular premium, you you appeal because and those include death of spouse, marriage, divorce, or annulment, work reduction, work stoppage, loss of income from income-producing property, loss of re uh, that comes into play with you know, with COVID, some of the restrictions where they don't have to, their tenants don't have to pay um, their their rent. So if you have a loss of income from income producing property, loss or reduction of certain kinds of pension income. So there are uh, ways that you could appeal the higher Medicare premium. Nonetheless, even if you can't, I still think it makes sense to take a look at doing a big Roth conversion in the year of death. This is your last opportunity to file a joint return Okay, unless, of course, you remarry in the future. So I think it makes sense to at least consider that, and there are big tax advantages to that as well. Well, and you you made some good points. So if it is a death, uh, you're going through that grieving period, Jeff, but yep. then you also got to take care of business as well, and you're talking about before the end of the year. And who doesn't think the taxes are going to go up? Uh, everybody <laughs> thinks, they're gonna, I mean, that's what they're talking about. And they're saying only under 400000 No, it's going to be for everybody. Their taxes are going to go up somehow. It's not going to be just those that are under $400,000. Yeah, so I, I love is, that under $400,000. you are yeah. not affected. Oh, we, oh, really? We don't pay it. The, everything is, is going up, Jeff. If you have a, ga a car that uses gas, sure. you're paying more at the pump. If you're going to the grocery store, you're paying more for bacon. So it does trickle down. It so does. We're all Eventually, we're all those tax brackets will be the same, too. They may raise the limit on the, high, on the lower tax brackets, things like that. So they are going to – somehow it's going to be – uh, affect you. We have a couple minutes before the break, but again, very important. If you have any questions about that concept, if you if you had a spouse, if you had somebody in your life that passed away this last year, and one additional information on that, and why you should do it, and filing the tax returns, we're not uh, tax specialists. We do work with a lot of tax specialists, and that's what's important. And it's an important part of the total planning. Um, so make sure you give us a call regarding that. Jeff, uh, I want to give out your phone number, 262-522-4040 for the Kowal Investment Group, or just log on to thekowalway.com. 
K-O-W-A-L, in your world headquarters, Waukesha. Yep. Uh, you're also up in Ozaki County, Port Washington's office. I'm going there today for a meeting. Ooh, a nice sunny day. You'll The views of Lake there. Michigan? Oh, it'll be great. Stunning. Ports, downtown is excellent. Yep. The marina. Uh, Racine. New office. The newest office is in Racine, uh, right at Highway 20 and the freeway. And, of course, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Jeff, the Kowalway.com. Again, you can connect. Reach out via Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the social media you've got covered. Or a simple phone call at 262-522-4040. You mentioned the break. Let's take that quick, Jeff. Then we're going to get to the boss minute. Then come back with more. Chauncey's got a segment coming up. Give us a little tease, Chauncey. What's it about? Uh, we're going to talk about some tax traps in retirement. Everyone's favorite, to- Ch- tax Everyone's favorite traps. topic. That's right. Uh, in retirement. That's right. Uh, which is your niche, Jeff. That's why we call it the retirement clinic. Absolutely. And I see we got some questions, too. Uh, so we'll get to the phones after the break. Here in WISN, Milwaukee, WIBA Madison, the number to call is 799-1130. On the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, there are many threats you need to protect yourself and your business from. Perhaps one of the most dangerous are cyber attacks. According to Forbes, an average of 28% of small businesses suffer from data breaches each year, and as many as 10% of those businesses are forced to close their doors following a breach. A data breach can have substantially negative impact on companies of any size, which is why it's extremely important to understand the potential cost of a breach and consider what cybersecurity measures you may need to take to protect against ransomware and other cyber attacks. Here are a few things you can do to get started. Protect your points of entry. Website security, email, user clicks, and malware all represent risk. Ensure your IT team takes security seriously. Provide employees with ongoing training on data security best practices, such as password protocols, being aware of spam and hacking practices, checking sender emails for validity, and so on. Two, discuss cyber threats with vendors. Ask about their protocols and have them brief you about how they protect your data. Inquire about their plan in the event of a cyber attack. In addition, be sure to have a backup plan should your primary vendor be unable to operate normally. And third, publicly discuss cybersecurity. Be active with your state and federal political lawmakers regarding cybersecurity legislation. And if you're compromised by a cyber attack, always contact the FBI. It is the first question your cyber insurer will ask if you get hacked. The digital world links us together, but also makes us vulnerable. Prepare yourself and your business for the possibility of an attack like you would against any other disaster or unexpected event. If you need help protecting your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thecowalway.com. The Boss Minute stands. It's an acronym. Business Owners Savings and Security. And Jeff, we do it every week with Aaron Kowal. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. 
Isn't that clever BOSS boss? <laughs> Business owner, savings, and security. You guys are so witty. You're so smart. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to get to a few topics. Chauncey uh, has something. But first, let's go to the phones and take a call or two. Sounds great. They've been waiting on hold, so let's do that. It is the Retirement Clinic on WISN in Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. This is Jim from Wauwatosa. Good morning, Jim. Hi, good morning. Hi, Jim. Hey, question for you. I'm 69 years old. Uh had a 401k, oh, I still do, uh, and there's different funds, short, they call them short-term investment, short-term bond index, and I'm wondering, since I want to keep keep the money in there yep. as I can, what is the safest? Well, why, why do you want to keep it in there? Well... I don't want to lose it. It's the bottom fallout. I'm sure you hear that often. What was so, that? Um, he said if the bottom falls oh, out, bo- everything oh, goes no, okay. south. No, I mean, why, why keep it in a 401k? If you moved it to an IRA, there are a lot of reasons to keep it there, and that's perfectly okay. Some plans will force you out at age 70 or 72 now because they don't want to deal with the required minimum distributions. So, right. but, uh, so you may need to move it to an IRA. Um, you know, the shorter-term indexes will... Uh, will give you the least return, of course, because they are the safest. They'll have the less vol- least volatility. Um, so if you if there's an ultra short or short term, those are the ones that'll have the least volatility. Also, sure. probably give you the lowest return. I would still make sure that you know, 69 is still pretty young there, Jim. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't abandon it completely. Um, you know, I would make sure that you still kept a certain percentage. And everybody's different, but maybe as much as 40 percent or so. In the market, forty to fifty percent, uh, because you're not going to need all that money right away. Um, and you, you know, if you if you have to take out big chunks of money, you can always take it from the fixed portion, and you don't have to touch the stock portion. So I don't think it's a bad idea to peel off some of it and move it into the uh, shorter duration. But the shortest duration bonds, the if there's a capital preservation uh, or a uh, uh, ultra short term, those are going to be the safest, but those may only get you a half a percent rate of return on those. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty low. Um, then one last question: Can in the four hundred one k or uh, IRA, even if you're in a safe uh, fund or safe uh, investment, can they lose money or lose all of it if things really turn bad, let's say? It depends. Some of them, that's a good question. Some of them do have a fixed account where they will pay you know, maybe 1.5% or something like that. Uh, or they'll pay the, um, the blended rate. Sometimes, a lot of times, insurance companies will have that. Uh, otherwise, if they if they just have bond accounts, yes, they could lose money. They're not 100% guaranteed, and that's why the shorter duration ones are most likely to have the least fluctuation in value and least chance that you could lose some money. Jim, I appreciate the yeah, call. Good calls. Thank they're you good so questions. much. And uh, phone lines will be open. It's now 1030 till 11 o'clock on the Retirement Clinic, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130. And just one other thing for Jim is that a lot of times uh, your options are limited in a, a 401k to whatever choices they offer. Uh, a lot of times if you roll it into an IRA, you might have other uh, choices, including uh, fixed rates from an insurance company. So that's just I thought I'd offer that to Jim and other listeners. Well, Chauncey, the floor is yours. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Take as much time as you want, buddy. All right. We're going the rest of the show about taxes now. Um, oh, yeah. What fun. <laughs> Good. Every, everyone's favorite. 
Um, so I, I found an article here by Kiplinger. Uh, talks about some of the tax traps people need to be aware of in retirement. Um, it starts off as a statistic. I hear it every once in a while, and it always blows my mind. Um, more people are going to retire in the next 15 years than have ever retired before in the history of the United States. Really? Um, you got to yeah. let that sink wow. in. Yes, yes. And they say by 2030, according to the Census Bureau, there's going to be more people over age of 65 than there is under age 18. All right. Yeah. Those are the, the ones under 18 are the ones that are going to support the, those of us over 65. Yeah, they will. And just the way the demographics are working out in this country. So the next 15 years, more people read. That's, that's an amazing yeah, it's, it's crazy to kind of think about and try to wrap your head around. Yeah, it's better than my pumpkin trivia earlier, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> At least a little more relevant. A little bit more <laughs> interesting, yeah. Yeah, so um, it goes on talk a little bit. If you're going to talk about taxes, um, obviously kind of a hot topic lately. Um, national debt is currently at about $28 trillion. It was at about 22 prior to March of last year and COVID and you know a lot of spending going on with uh, stimulus checks and they're trying to pass more bills. Um, and it's only going to keep going up. And then it goes on to talk about that there's $30 trillion sitting right now in retirement accounts um, across the United States. Wow. $30 trillion. Yeah. So you can really see Congress, they're going to want to get right their, their, their paws on some of that um, to, Absolutely. to get paid out. Um, so number one here, there's three different ones that the, they talk about here in this Kiplinger article. Uh, first one is RMDs. Everyone knows about RMDs. Can't can't avoid them. They're called required minimum distributions, right? Um, they pushed them off last year from seventy and a half to now to seventy two. They're talking about maybe pushing them out a little bit further yet, um, but at some point, um, the government wants their money. They want the income taxes on the money sitting in those IRAs and four hundred one ks. And we'll circle back to how to limit some of that. But right now, it's age 72, yes. you must start taking those. Yes. Yeah. Yep, if you don't take it, uh, there's a 50% penalty of the money you would have had to take. Oh, I'm taking it. And income taxes. <laughs> so, um, highly recommend that you take those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one is Social Security. Um, maybe not everyone knows this. Some people do. Social Security starts out as a tax-free benefit. The more income, though, that you earn, if you like to work a part-time job... Uh, if you're taking money from your IRA, if you have interest, capital gains, dividends, um, the more income you make, the more your Social Security ends up being taxable, all the way up to 85% of your Social Security can end up being taxable. Um, so they kind of get you there. If you're taking more money, and they make you take more money with dis required distributions eventually, um, that your taxable amount of Social Security is going to end up going up as well. And that's federal tax. There's no state tax Correct. on that, but 85% of it can be taxed on a federal basis. Yes, and then the last one here um, is there's actually not a ton of people know um, income-related monthly adjustment amounts for Social Security Medicare. Um, and what that means, no one heard has really heard of that before. Um, the acronym is IRMA. It's a very old term. No one really uses it anymore. Um, but it's an additional tax that has been added to Medicare premiums, essentially, as you earn more income. Um, people, And it's not just for the wealthy anymore who are affected by this, it's by anyone who's done a good job saving over their life of working in retirement. Um, so if you've got large portions in IRAs, 401ks, as you try to take that out, spend money, you want to take trips, vacations, enjoy your retirement, you, know, you have to be careful of spending too much of that money and having that Medicare premiums pushed up on you as well. Uh, Medicare can be, just to review, at age 65, right? Correct. Okay. 
Yeah, so um, a few ways we can try to avoid those, limit them. Number one, probably biggest way is Roth IRAs. Um, traditional IRA, obviously you put your money in, you don't pay taxes on it, you pull it out, you pay income tax. Um, now gross tax deferred, but now you retired and you wanna supplement your income, your social security, any pensions you may have, you take that money out, and then now you have to pay taxes on it. Roth IRAs, you've paid taxes on it already, you put it in there, it grows tax deferred, you wanna take it out, you don't have to pay any taxes on it, it's great. That's why That's why we love Roth IRAs. So the Roth IRA, you're paying the tax up front right now, right? Correct. When we know what the taxes are. Exactly. It, it, Paul's kind of leading there a little bit. That's the benefit of it. Um, taxes, you know, like we were just talking about, they're gonna go up at some point where pretty much historically low tax brackets, um, even if you know they're only going to hit people over four hundred thousand. Um, it's some shape or form that's going to be passed down to everyone, um, and everyone is going to be affected. Um, so the ability to put money in there, grow it tax free, take it out tax free, is invaluable. And then also uh, another important thing to think about is there's no required distributions. So if you take money from your IRA, you convert it, or you just contribute to a Roth IRA. Um, currently, contribution amounts are six thousand if you're under age fifty is the limit. Seven thousand if you're over age fifty, um, but that all grows tax free. They don't make you take it out. I take it both of you are fans of the Roth IRA. Correct. Absolutely. And it's not, you know, it's not for everybody. You got to be a little bit careful with it. We, we're, yes. But for most people, it makes a lot of sense. We can do conversions as well. Right? That's right. Yeah. And the government is going to make some changes in that because, as an example, and I, you may be getting to okay. this, but as an example, right now you don't have to take out required minimum distributions from Roth IRAs. That's one of the big pluses to it. At the end of President Obama's term, he wanted to force that because obviously only rich people have Roth IRAs. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's unfair that rich people get to accumulate money tax-free forever. So they, so he wanted to install something where they had to take out required minimum distribution. He called it equalizing of of uh, distributions, where if you have to take it from your IRA, well, then you have to take it from your Roth IRA, too. Those come out tax-free, uh, but as of now, there are no requirement distributions on Roth IRAs. I detect a little sarcasm in Jeff's voice there, Chauncey. Do you, you too? Just a little bit. You know, I, no. I hear this almost every day, Paul. But <laughs> Learning from the best. That, that's right. The retirement specialist. <laughs> that is right. So, um, yeah, Jeff pretty much hit on They might require distributions. Even if they do, it's still tax-free. And if you contribute more, let's say you contribute part to a Roth IRA, unless your traditional IRA, if you open a Roth and start doing that, um, that's a smaller amount of your traditional IRA and smaller RMDs. You know, most of us with a 401k plan at our employer, Jeff, uh, if you can walk to your HR department or your boss, and aren't there Roth 401ks? There are. And I, I probably won't have a chance to talk about it today. They're making some changes with those. Uh, but I like that, uh, especially. Uh, I would prefer that. Yeah, especially yeah. higher income people are not allowed to do Roth IRAs because they blow through the uh, uh, income requirements. Uh, so that's a great way to do it, even in a higher tax bracket, to have it in a Roth IRA because it grows tax free forever. Yeah. So I like that even in the 401ks. If you have a uh, 401k option, now the company match has to be in the traditional, they won't put the match into the Roth. The match has to go into a traditional IRA. But Got you're. It. But your basic contribution can go into a Roth IRA, and that's a great way to go. Chauncey, I hate to interrupt. we got a couple minutes before yeah. the break. Did we hit everything? I got one, one more quick thing for you, Paul. Um, so real quick here, um, one strategy can be delaying your Social Security while your income is lower when you retire and converting some of that IRA money into a Roth IRA. 
Um, you can say, hey, I'm going to put off my Social Security a couple of years. My income's going to be lower. I'm going to convert some of my IRA money. I'm going to save money on taxes at that point. My RMDs will be smaller when I hit that age. Um, can be lots of benefits to it. I like that idea. And over the years, Jeff, our good friend Carol Richardson, right? Will, oh, yeah. Will talk to us about that strategy. Every year you delay your Social Security, I think it goes up by 8% a year. Well, from 60 from full retirement age to 70, it goes up by 8% a year. It that's a lot, by, right? Well, that's significant. But also, uh, it, everybody's different. Um, you know, there is a cost for that, and that means that, you know, you break even a little bit later then if you delay it. What's When can I first start taking the social – when do I get my social 62 security? is the earliest you can take, but there's a reduction in the full retirement benefit at 62. Got it. And then at age 60 – at full retirement age, 66, 66 years and eight months, whatever it happens to be. Um, that's the full retirement age from that point to age 70. It increases by 8% a year. There's one thing I learned in the 20 years of doing the show with you, Jeff. Do <laughs> not rely on Social Security as your sole source for retirement. You must there, take personal responsibility yes, and, and save, save, save. There's an article that talks about how they're going to, the, you know, nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to shore it up. Uh, they say benefits are going to have to be reduced by 2030. It's, and that time is moving up closer and closer. The benefits will have to be reduced. And then eventually they say, if you don't do anything, it's going to run out of money. I've got. We don't have to worry about that. It, it, you don't think so? No. And I've Carol got friends and coworkers that are convinced that they will not get their Social Security. They, they will. Uh, and Carol could keep supporting that, saying that it's it's too much of a political hot potato not to give that. And they're giving money for everything else. You might as well, <laughs> you might as well get money for, for money that you put in there. They're giving money to people to not work. Right. So they, I better get my Social Security. <laughs> Paying in since whatever, 15, Because 16. we paid it. So it's not an entitlement because we did pay into we it. We paid into it. You're exactly right. Uh, so Je- that was good stuff, Chauncey. Well done. Thank you. you made taxes interesting. That's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard to do. We'll be right back with the retirement clinic. A quick break. The sexy segment is right around the corner. Any little tease for us, Jeff, as we head into the break? S- small gifting using retirement assets. So it's uh, we're talking about giving money away from your retirement plan. Is that a great way to go? That's a good tease. Not that's not bad. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group. TheKowalWay.com, their office number, 262-522-4040. This is the Retirement Clinic, WISN in Milwaukee and WIBA Madison, back after this. The sexy segment on the Retirement Clinic. It's about wealth management and preservation. Jeff, we've been doing this segment, I think, well, the show's 20 years old. We we added this segment when Paul Harvey went off the air, and we had to go to an extended. You know, oh, we went from a, right. we started with a forty minute show, and then because yeah, because Paul Harvey would be on for the first twenty minutes, twelve to twelve twenty. Right. Your show used to be on, and then twelve twenty to one p.m. was the retirement clinic. Right, and so we added this segment. And Paul and- Harvey died. Yeah, so that was untimely for our show. <laughs> I mean, how I'd consider it a family. Hey, he had a nice long life, oh, wasn't yeah. he? In his eighties, oh, yeah. on the air, sure, sounding yep. as good as ever. Yeah, it's like so, Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre still sounds fantastic. Oh, you bet. 
So we expanded our show. Since, since the show was expanded, we thought, let's do something for those with a million dollars or more. So that's how long this has probably been around for 15, 16 years that we've been doing this at yeah. least. Yep. And there were some people that tuned in just for this segment. Um, so the, what it's about is that if you, uh, the show is for everybody, but this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Um, it, and once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs? Um, when you have, and we reasonably call it, you know, money sexy. So, you know, if you have more than a million dollars, that's sexy. That's how we came up with the sexy segment. But <laughs> at any rate, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they're they're millionaires. If you have a half a million dollars or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in your retirement plan, um, you've got other investments, you've got other properties, you have uh, um, IRAs. Um, home, other things. The government looks at your at all of your assets, not just your retirement e assets. Equity in a home? They just look, yes, the, the equity in your home. So I have a $500,000 home. My balance is two hundred fifty in the mortgage. I've got two fifty. dollars That's how the government looks at it. Yep. Interesting. So that's part of your estate. Um, you know, a lot of, for our clients, we work with those that have 750000 or more in, reti in retirement assets or investable assets. Uh, but the government doesn't care just about investable assets. They care about all your assets, and they want a piece of that. So they'll track those. But one way to get around it, not to get around it, but one way that you can enhance the life of others is by smart gifting using retirement assets. Kathleen Stewart from uh, Kiplinger's wrote this. Before you think about donating to charity, consider the source. Should you gift money from your stock portfolio or your traditional IRA or 401k? Uh, potential for higher tax rates coupled with markets near an all-time high are keeping investors and advisors on alert while investors save to cover future spending. Uh, advisors look at wealth transfer opportunities. So when you're planning for taxable assets, your know, long-term investors in today's markets find themselves holding securities that have appreciated substantially. And Chauncey was pointing this out to me. Effectively managing the tax consequences of those assets requires an understanding of potential capital gains taxes when selling or transferring appreciated assets. So in other words, if you want to give money, if you have, if you bought um, uh, uh, Netflix for $10,000, it's worth $100,000. Now, if you give it to somebody in your family, if you give it to a kid, well, they're responsible for that gain of $10,000 to $100,000. They're responsible for it. Um, the recipient generally should, would carry over the cost basis. If the recipient is an adult child or other individual, a low tax bracket, a gift to securities, you know, that'll that'll be okay. But if they're in a higher tax bracket and they have to sell it, well, then you, they get to hit with taxes on that gain. Um, and, uh, so what if you give it to a charity, if you gift those shares to a charity, uh, then the charity takes that and uh, uh, the, there is no tax for the charity on that gain. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, if you take the gains instead of passing it on when you're ch children or something, they have to pay gains. Uh, if you do some gifting to charities and you have some assets that have capital gains, um, you give it to the charity. They don't have to worry about capital gains tax. You don't have to worry about capital gains Plus, tax. Plus, you're doing a good thing. And you're doing a good thing. Your That's favorite right. charity, whatever it is. Sometimes, Jeff, it's your church, right? Right. Oh, any, 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 it has to be a qualified charity, so it Correct. can't be your daughter's. You can't, just, you, can't, you can't make it up. Um, 
What was the Costanza thing? Oh, the human funny. Oh, yeah, that's right. He made up of... You can't do that, right? Someone is always a reference to Seinfeld, right? Well, he his boss donated his Christmas gift to the human fund, and it ended up being a $20,000 check, and George didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So he started the human... So anyway, yeah. so that that's a great way to look at the benefit, yes. the charity's benefit. Uh, there's a tax benefit to it as well. Unlike taxable asset portfolios, retirement assets such as, such as traditional IRAs, 401ks, and other qualified plans, they're subject to ordinary income taxes when distributed. Unlike the assets held in taxable accounts, lifetime transfers to individuals in lower income tax brackets are not possible. Uh, once you transfer those assets, they become taxable. But you can do it with a qualified charitable distribution. Um, a qualified charitable distribution, QCD, allows for non-taxable transfers of IRA assets to public charities during the account owner's lifetime. This is, this is a catch with this, too, because when planning for distributions, those who are 70 and a half or older also want to make charitable gifts can take advantage of the QCD. We refer to this as a charitable IRA distribution. The key is RMDs don't start until 72, yet you could do qualified charitable distributions as early as 70 and a half. And it's kind of interesting because... You have to be 70 and a half. It yeah. can't be the year in which you turn 70 and a half. You have to be 70 and a half to do it. And, and ironically, that was the old age for the RMDs. Correct. And, and so half. they were linked together. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, they, they didn't, in their wisdom, which doesn't always. <laughs> wisdom. Well, well, wisdom and, and, at that. and Congress. <laughs> they that figured make. that if it, if they bumped it up to 72, that people would give to charities. Um, QCDs are direct payments to public charities allowing traditional IRA account owners and inherited IRA owners, uh, but not other retirement plans, to make direct public transfers up to $100,000 a year. It count the qualified charitable distributions uh, do count towards required minimum distribution. So if you are 72 or better, then you have to take out required minimum distributions. Uh, the QCDs, Qualified Charitable Distributions, do count towards that. So if you're, let's say you have a million-dollar IRA, your um, uh, RMD is $40,000 that year, you will give $20,000 to a charity using QCD, you only have to take out $20,000 more because all that goes towards the qualified, goes towards your required minimum distribution. So it's a great way to give to charity, a great way to do good things for others, and a great way to help you with regard to your taxes and taking money out of your 401k using qualified charitable distributions. That was sexy. That was a sexy segment. Wealth management and preservation, a different spin, a different angle, a different topic each week that we do it with Jeff Kowal. This is WISN and WIBA. Along with Chauncey and Jeff, we're going to take a quick break on the Retirement Clinic, and we'll be right back. Work straight through the holidays, sometimes all night long. Can bet that I stand ready when the wolf growls at the door. Hey, I'm solid, hey, I'm steady, hey, I'm true down to the core, and I will always do my duty. All right, Jeff, a few minutes left as we continue along with Chauncey Wisenzel. 
I got it right, right? Yeah. First try this time. Awesome. <laughs> Chauncey's been joining us. Uh, one of your newer members at the yep. team. Of he is new guy. We like him. The Cobalt Investment Group and, and does the market updates. Uh, five days a week. And as we wrap up, another thing, we started out the hour talking about these webinars coming up, Jeff. Yeah, it's important. Uh, upcoming retirement planning seminars and webinars, Aaron Spitzner will be discussing. He's really a great presenter. Our most common retirement planning questions, even if you're not quite ready for retirement, um, this is a great way to get information and help you determine if you're on the right track. Our next webinar will be held on October 27th, in-person seminar at our Racine office on Highway 20 will be held on October 28th. Does Aaron do that too? He does that too. So 27th, the webinar, 28th uh, seminar. The events are uh, up on our Facebook page. You can register there for more information. TheKowalWay.com, K-O-W-A-L, TheKowalWay.com, or give our office a call at 262-522-4040. In addition to Racine, Jeff, the world headquarters for the Kowal Investment Group in Waukesha. Beautiful offices there in Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona. And I asked you this before, but you're licensed in how many states? 28 states now. We are a national company. A lot of our clients who retire here were blessed that they go to other states and stay with us. We've got another business from other states. So, yeah, we are uh, 28 states. That's fantastic. And again, the Kowalway.com. Uh, to find out more. Chauncey, great seeing you in studio. Yeah, it's good to see you too, Paul. And we'll talk to you soon. Jeff Kowalt back next Saturday as always. You bet. Have a great weekend. Business reports Monday through Friday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody, and stay tuned for news next on WISN Milwaukee.